Today, the year turns 161 days old, but don't get too used to that number, for it will be replaced quite soon with another, and another, and so on. But 2022 is still not yet at the halfway point, and you've got three weeks left until that not quite august occasion on July 1st. This occasion right now is this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, and this person speaking is Sean Tubbs. On today's program, the University of Virginia is asking developers to send in qualifications to build two mixed-use communities as part of an affordable housing initiative. Two redevelopment projects being undertaken by the city's public housing agency may not get financing this year through low-income housing tax credits. Charlottesville City Council officially kills the West Main streetscape, Louisa County supervisors discuss a referendum for a sports complex and whether it should include turf fields on existing athletic surfaces, and Charlottesville will only open one outdoor pool at a time for the time being. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, the Jefferson Madison Regional Library wants you to read as much as you can this summer. And for encouragement and incentives, they're holding another Summer Reading Challenge. There's an ocean of possibilities this year, and the Central Library will kick off the challenge this Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at the Central Library. It will be a party with music, food, and fun. The Friends of the Library will pop up a mini book sale and a Books on Bikes parade will arrive. You can learn more about the Summer Challenge and how you or your family members can win awards and receive prizes. Visit jmrl.org to learn more about the kickoff event this Saturday. The University of Virginia is moving forward with an initiative to use property owned by its real estate foundation, or itself, to create units that will be reserved for people whose incomes are below the area median income. The UVA Foundation issued a request this morning for proposals from firms to develop two separate projects, including a two-acre site on Wortland Street. The other is a 12-acre site on Mimosa Drive, known currently as Piedmont. Here's a section from the request for proposals. UVA or the foundation intends to enter into a ground lease with one or more development teams best suited to satisfy UVA or the foundation's requirements and desired features. UVA announced a goal of building between 1,000 and 1,500 affordable housing units in March of 2020, but momentum was stalled by the pandemic. These two sites, as well as the North Fork Research Park, were identified in December after initial work for the project was conducted by the firm Northern Urban Real Estate Ventures. A similar request for qualifications for a firm for North Fork will be made at a later date. Under the arrangement, the UVA Foundation would continue to own both sites, and the developer would own the structures and other improvements. UVA and the Foundation seeks to maximize the amount of affordable and workforce housing at each site, and as such will provide the land as a part of the project. UVA and the Foundation will not otherwise contribute funding to the project. The developer will be responsible for preparing the plans and getting all of the necessary approvals, including archaeological studies. They'll also have to have experience getting financing through Virginia Housing. 
Other development requirements include deliver a moderate to high-density mixed-income housing community, offer a maximum number of affordable housing units with an emphasis on creating mixed-income communities that include, but are not limited to, units in the 30% to 60% area median income range, coordinate with UVA and the Foundation and local jurisdictions on the utilities and infrastructure that will serve the development, and coordinate on the design aesthetic that interacts with the surrounding community, and demolish the existing improvements as needed to accommodate the project, with the exception of historic structures, applicable only at Piedmont. Charlottesville City Council has voted to officially cancel the $55 million West Main Streetscape project, as well as other projects, in an effort to get the city's transportation house in order. The Virginia Department of Transportation will now administer a project to extend a turn lane at Route 250 and Hydraulic Road. A project to coordinate traffic signals on Emmett Street has also been canceled, as has a smart-scale-funded project at the intersection of Preston and Grady. The details were discussed at a work session with the Planning Commission on May 24th. And here is City Engineer Jack Dawson. While this is called cancellation of those projects, that's in regards to the funding with VDOT. So as discussed, especially some of the, um, the, the safety projects, these are not going away forever. Um, and we'll, we'll, they're just going away as smart scale projects. The West Main Streetscape began with a $350,000 study authorized by council in February of 2013, which also led to a rezoning for the street. Over the years, council authorized more and more funding in the capital project to be used as a local match for VDOT funds to build the project, which was to be split into four phases. The project lost support of council, as a plan to renovate and expand Buford Middle School became a priority for the current elected officials. Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook said the project has been on life support for at least a year. In a sense, this is almost a formality for us to recognize that which has already been made clear to us uh, and which we have and decisions we have made ourselves over the last few years. Uh, but this is just finally pulling the plug on it. The Commonwealth Transportation Board next meet on June 21st and may take up the official resolution canceling the project. The Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority has appeared to have fallen short in its attempt to get financing for two planned redevelopment projects in a current funding cycle. Virginia Housing, the entity that authorizes low-income housing tax credits in Virginia, has issued its final rankings for this year, pending approval by their Board of Commissioners. Credits for 47 units in the 6th Street Phase 1 project have not been recommended to be funded through what's known as the Housing Authority Pool. An application for additional credits for 113 units for the second phase of the redevelopment of South 1st Street have also not ranked high enough to move forward. Virginia Housing granted credits for the second phase in 2020, and this second application was to fill in a funding gap caused by higher construction costs. South 1st Street Phase 1 is currently under construction and is expected to be occupied later this year. That 62-unit project did receive low-income housing tax credits in 2021. The only application funded from the Housing Authority pool this year is for new construction of 68 units in Norfolk to be built by a company called Brinshore. In that project, 47 of the units would be supported through the credits. 
In an email to Charlottesville Community Engagement, CRHA Executive Director John Sales said he is hopeful that the Virginia Housing Board of Commissioners will reconsider the rankings at their next meeting in Richmond, coming up later this month on June 21st and June 22nd. Sales said if Sixth Street's request is not funded, CRHA will pursue another financing opportunity later this year or reapply in 2023. He said the South Street Phase 2 project will move forward if another source can be found to fill in the funding gap. You can download the full list of rankings from the Virginia Housing website. With summer just getting underway, the Charlottesville Parks and Recreation Department has made the decision to restrict hours at both Honesty Pool and Washington Pool so that only one of them will be open each day. Here's a section from a press release that was sent out this morning. The department is actively recruiting lifeguards, and if the staffing levels increase and are able to operate both pools concurrently, we will update the operating hours. For now, Honesty will be open Thursday through Saturday between 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Washington Park Pool will be open those same hours from Sunday to Wednesday. The indoor Smith Aquatic Center is now open every day after being closed for a couple of years. Outdoor spray grounds are also open. Visit the city's website for more information. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. It's getting close to the end of springtime. And one Patreon subscriber wants you to know the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives campaign is a grassroots initiative of motivated citizens, volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. Did you know that National Pollinator Week is June 20th through June 26th this year? There are many ways to celebrate and learn more about our native pollinators. And here's a great one to start with. Lewis Ginter Botanical Garden is hosting an in-person virtual pollinator power symposium on June 23rd. And there is an excellent lineup of speakers, I'm told, scheduled for the day. There are plenty of resources on the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Facebook page. So sign up to be notified of lectures, plant sales, and more. One more segment today, and we're going back to Louisa County. Discussion of a sports complex with new athletic fields in Albemarle County stalled at the end of the last budget cycle. But to the east in Louisa County, their Board of Supervisors is considering a referendum on the issuance of $16.5 million in bonds for that purpose. The Louisa County Board of Supervisors discussed a draft petition for the referendum at their meeting this past Monday. For a referendum to get on the ballot... A circuit judge has to sign an order by August 18th. Here's Louisa County Attorney Helen Phillips. This is for a bond issue of up to $16.5 million, and it lists four baseball fields, four rectangular fields for sports, concessions, lighting, parking, and related facilities, a field house at the high school football field, and renovations of existing sports facilities. Phillips said the language in the ballot question has to be in plain English and not in legalese. Supervisors discussed the proper wording and whether the suggested wording was too broad. There is a possibility of two or more different ballot questions. One would be for the complex and one would be for the field house and other renovations. Here's Mountain Road District Supervisor Tommy Barlow. 
in the discussions we've had about going to referendum, I don't recall anything other than just going to referendum to see if the people would get behind building a sports complex. Supervisor Fitzgerald Barnes said he sees the need for a complex that would expand the county's offerings. And he said that the existing school fields also need to be addressed. Uh, what we don't have in this county is synthetic surfaces for like girls softball, um, where they could play if it rains. These fields will allow us, number one, not to have to water them, not to have to fertilize them, not to cut them. There'll be maintenance-free fields. Barnes said this could also help the county increase revenue from lodging taxes as people travel to play at the fields. Supervisor Tony Williams of the Jackson District said the ballot question as suggested appeared to assume that the county has already decided to proceed with the project. It, it looks like, it appears that the cake is baked in this, that the decision has been made to build them. But maybe the, maybe the writ of special election should ask, first of all, do you want these facilities in the county? And if you want them, do you authorize the board to pay for them by bond? Supervisors gave direction to divide the referendum into separate questions. Final language will be discussed and approved at future meetings. The location for a future sports complex has also not yet been selected. For more information on this particular thing and anything happening in Louisa County, do check out Engage Louisa, put together every week by Tammy Purcell. Uh, that is it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a fellow Substack publication. But this podcast is, of course, a production of Town Crier Productions. Uh, this is a program that, of course, you just heard it. So you know what it is. It's uh, trying to look at all sorts of things that happen at local meetings and, and capture the things that I say will happen uh, in the Week Ahead newsletter, which is the next product that you will get from me. That will be a look at what's coming up at local meetings next week. Uh, the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors is one of those. The Fluvanna Board meets. The Nelson County Board meets. And I haven't done the work yet, so I can't tell you what's happening. I can tell you, though, that uh, I really am grateful to everybody who has listened to this program and continues to listen to it. Please send it on to as many people as possible. Also, check out infoseville.com for a large archive of stories from the past two years and beyond. And of course, if you subscribe for a paid subscription through Substack, the company Ting will match your initial payment. Lots of exciting things, and check out the new logo in today's online edition. I am Sean Tubbs. There's nothing new about me. The same old, same old, telling you once again, stay safe out there, stay out of the sun, and uh, goodbye. Thank you for listening. <laughs>